Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Josh Watches. This is episode number two of this new series that I've started, and we had our uh, first film last week, so here we are for episode two, and we have a doozy for you here in this episode. This is a one of those films that uh, a lot of people might not be familiar with, maybe you haven't seen, it's probably gone under the radar for a lot of people, and it's not very easy to find. Uh, so as we did with the last film, we'll, we'll have a uh, downloadable copy for you to get that'll be available for the first 30 days after this episode appears, and then you're on, you're on your own after that. So uh, I would say if you're watching this or listening to this, after that 30 days expired, you're looking for a copy of this film that we're going to be watching here. Uh, you know, hit BitTorrent, hit eBay, hit Amazon. You'll probably find a copy of it. Uh, it was available on VHS and Laserdisc in the 80s and uh, subsequently made on DVD later, but it's never been available in... Uh, HD or Blu-ray or anything like that, but I did make a uh, my own um, HD encode of the film for the purposes of of this show that you can uh, that'll be there in the download section. But yeah, it's a it's a, this is this film is entitled Americathon, uh, also known as Americathon 1998. It's a 1979 American comedy film starring John Ritter, Fred Willard, Peter Regart, who you might know from uh, Animal House, Harvey Corman, and Nancy Morgan with narration by the great George Carlin. Based on a play by the Fireside Theater alumni Phil Proctor and Peter Bergman, the film also includes appearances by Jay Leno, Meatloaf, Tommy Lasorda, and Chief Dan George with a musical performance, very short one, by Elvis Costello. Being set 20 years into the future, it came out in 79. It was shot in 78, and so it was intended to be a look, a glimpse at 20 years in the future. This is a really uh, one of the first predictive programming movies, and it shows you just how long they've been using this tool of predictive programming and it also shows you with how many things are in this film there's two specific pieces now there are a lot of one there are a lot of things in this film and if you go and read any of the write-ups on the film they'll all talk about the same thing you know the collapse of the soviet union um you know the prediction of reality tv and all the rest of this stuff and so there's a lot of them that are very obvious. There's two in particular that probably aren't obvious to most people that uh, that I'll be pointing out and showing you here once we get into watching the film. Now, th there will be um, moments in this film where I won't be talking. I'm just going to let it go, and then I'll... Because I've kind of seen this, you know, enough times to kind of know what's a good time to not talk and, 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 and what time is good to talk. 
some of the musical parts and stuff during the Americathon thing, I'll it'll be a good time to talk. But it's you know, most movies have a little introduction, you know, the MGM roaring line or anything, you know, stuff like that. So you have a few minutes. This movie, I'll tell you right now, this movie just it kicks right into it. I mean, like literally one second you hit play, boom, you're in the movie. Uh, with George Carlin narration and all that. So um, when we get ready to do the countdown here in just a minute, be sure to be ready. You know what I mean? Get your, uh, go. Ahead, I'm warning you now, go ahead and start getting your pregame stuff together. You know, get your drinks going, get your, uh, you know, party favors going, whatever, you, you know, whatever your deal is. Roll something, drink something, whatever, you know, or get some water and a snack, whatever. But just be ready because it kind of kicks right in. So I'll kind of um, I'll be sort of silent through the intro, and then once it starts getting into the opening scene and credits, and I'll, I'll talk some. But uh, I'm not going to talk too much about this prior to uh, getting going because I want to save most of my comments for the actual movie. But this is uh, there's a, this is a great example. Of how most, you know, most people, probably at the time, it probably went over a lot of people's heads, I'm sure it did. But there's so many things in here that actually have occurred and happened that, you know, that no one could have just guessed at. And it's very similar to how, and, and people just can't wrap their minds around that. I, I've talked to people about that before, and it just seems, because it, it, it does sound insane and crazy, but it actually is true. People can't wrap their minds around the fact that for decades, you know, half a century or so, maybe longer. Future trends and events and things are, are, are planned out, mapped out well in advance. This is a, another great example of this is the Operation Northwoods thing from the Kennedy era, you know, early 1962, 63, uh, that got declassified in the early 2000s where there was a plan, you know, even at that time, to fly hijacked airliners into skyscrapers so they could blame it on Cuba. We talk specifically about college students being in these airliners. And so they, they already had, like, a plan, but they didn't end up, end up going through with it, but they had one on the, on the books ready to go as a possible operation. And it's very hard for people to wrap their minds around them. There's so much stuff in here. Um that nobody could have predicted, you know. But to me, I, I you know, I, I don't, I've never seen Mike Judge uh, talk about this movie or anything, but I, I would have, I just, it, you'll probably see this and know this if you've watched it or you'll see once you do see it, but this is kind of, like, this movie's kind of like the precursor to uh, idiocracy to me. That's really what this movie is. This is like, I just can't, I, I, I guarantee you Mike Judge watched this movie. He had to. I, I guarantee this was a big influence on him for the Oscars. You can just see it. And there are some little elements uh, in this. I'm trying to remember exactly. What, oh, I remember Meatloaf. Um, there's a scene with fucking Meatloaf in it. Uh, and uh, Meatloaf is, there's also, if you watch Idiocracy, there's a scene in Idiocracy where they have like the third Wilson brother. You don't see him as much, but he's he's fucking fantastic. Uh, he was in their first movie, was filmed here in Dallas, Rushmore. One of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, 
he was like he's kind of the shaved head guy. Anyway, he was beef supreme in uh, Idiocracy. You might remember like the ring. They had the thing, you know, with the with the cars and the, you know, it's almost like wrestling. Similar thing in this with Meatloaf, where he's like destroying a car. And so, if you've seen Idiocracy, when we get to that scene, you'll you'll see the resemblance. But I've never seen Mike Judge or found. I've done searches. And I've never find it, seen anything where Mike Judge has said this movie was influenced. But um, probably he's never said that because he probably didn't want anybody to know where he got a lot of his ideas. But and of course George Carlin does the narration. But anyway, this is supposed to be like twenty years in the future. Um, some of this stuff actually ended up happening much later than twenty years into the future. You know, it's really some of this stuff has just started to happen now. You'll see what I mean when we get into this, but. Anyway, this is a great uh, example of predictive programming, and this is a, uh, the, the one thing before we get started here I want to point out, and then I'll save the rest of my comments for the film, is that when they released the trailer for this film in the theaters, and this, this is how you know this, this was not just, uh, you know, somebody for shits and giggles predicting what the future will be like. Because there's one thing in there where they predict that uh, that Vietnam will become a major tourist attraction among Asia's wealthy and powerful, which it did. And um, that was also used in Back to the Future Part 2. Um, so both of those films, and you know, Back to the Future 2 had a lot of stuff. And there, the, the Cubs went in the series, and to the, you know, exactly when they when they did that, that was just crazy. But uh, anyway, my point is this: this was not where they were just guessing. This film was clearly made because somebody within the chain of the writing and the had. I mean, I don't know. Um, somebody in the chain of this stuff. Had it was a part of some insider group and had insider knowledge. There's just no way around it, and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why this film was definitely intended to be, um, you know, a way for them because they love doing that. They love being able to put stuff in in these movies. The, the the elite have this weird code where they believe that if they drop clues about stuff that's happening, this is why you see them put all this stuff like prior to it happening in movies and stuff. It's like a way they absolve themselves of the guilt of doing it. Like, well, we warned you. It's not our fault. You didn't, you know, that you didn't have the eyes to see it. Or it's not, no, it's not our fault. You're not smart enough. This is just the way they treat all of us on everything. Well, it's not our fault. You're not smart enough and, and, you know, genetically superior enough to own a, a, a bank or a big, multi-trillion dollar company well that's you know that's your fault whatever that's it's sort of that kind of same similar thing but um the trailer for this movie had a quote in it that said see a marathon at your local theater before you see it happening in your own front yard That line, see a marathon at your local theater before you see it happening in your own front yard, never appeared 
ever again on any other promotional materials or on the box for the DVD or the, or the VHS or anything. Somebody saw that and she said, nah, that's, a, that's, too, that's too in your face, and wiped that off. So, Americathon. All right, this is your final warning to get yourself a drink. Get whatever you need to go. We are getting ready to start the countdown here in just a second, so I would go ahead and pause here and get the movie queued up. Uh, so that you're ready here when we and we'll start the countdown in just a second. I'll give you a moment to get ready. Like I said, it's uh, it's just going to go right into it. So the way this works is I'll do I'll do three, two, one, start. And when I say start, that's when you push the start button. Okay. So go ahead and pause me right here, and we will get the countdown. Going right now, Americathon. Three, two, one, start. which is a total myth. They actually did teach that in schools.
Yeah, that's pretty interesting. It's still going strong after 40 years, the Beach Boys. They actually were still playing and still are in 1998. But what's interesting about that is that Carl Wilson, who is singing this song, this opening theme song here for the Americathon, died in the year 1998 of cancer. And I'll have some stuff on the Beach Boys in Spellcaster Volume 2. There's a lot of strange connections with them and Manson and CIA and LSD and the MK Ultra and all that stuff. But, I mean, they, they, you hear the radio announcer, the Beach Boys still going strong after 40 years. And, of course, again, just the fact that Carl Wilson actually died that year, it's crazy. But you see here, everybody's living in cars and there's, it's like a trailer park out of course, because there's, you know, there's no oil, there's no gas, the, the, the economy's collapsed. <laughs> I, I liked the 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 ad for the Volkswagen bicycle in his in his car there. But yeah, that that whole intro thing with you know fossil fuels, you know, it's funny because they actually used to teach that in schools. That I mean, people talk about it now when when people say it, they go, "Oh, well, that person, whoever said that, that person's an idiot. You know, especially if it's an older person, it's not their fault because they actually taught that shit in schools for a long time. It sounds preposterous now, but it, I mean, that just goes to show you. I mean, people just take what they're, what they're given as, as, as if it's the gospel, you know. And it comes in, in contrary to that, makes them go crazy sometimes. But, again, regardless of whether or not we did actually run out of oil, which, of course, we did, and, of course, there's, that was all created, of course, by the oil companies, Peak Oil and all that stuff, Dutch Royal Shell all concocted that stuff. But regardless of that, it still shows you here that um, there was a massive environmental thing that was, you know, an operation or whatever you want to call it that was coming down the road. It just turned out to be, you know, global warming and climate change instead of running out of dead dinosaur, as George Carlin put it there in the opening intro. Uh, you know, the Beach Boys are actually one of my favorite bands. Uh, actually, they've got a lot of great stuff besides the, the just the surfing crap. I mean, a lot of people only know them for that, but they have a lot of great records, but they had a lot of stinkers, too. A lot of stinkers, a lot, but you know, oh, a lot of great bands, especially bands that are around for a long time. You know, every band's got stinkers. It's just a fact. Every band, even yes, even the fucking Beatles had some stinkers. Oh, they did. Every every band does. Everybody's got everybody's got a few stinkers in there. It's just part of it. Now, there's some stuff that's going to be coming up here pretty quickly as we get into the movie. I can kind of talk here now, and I'll kind of be quiet for because I'm going to want to talk a lot about it after after you hear it. And there's one thing coming up, too. Listen closely, but we'll talk about it that'll tie into... I, did, I, I, I didn't really mean to make it work out like this, but there's something that ties into our last movie.
Yeah, the White House is in a fucking condo. Because <laughs> they're just broke. Government's broke. Uh, Nike is another thing that this predicted. Nike was a fledgling company at the time in 1978, 79. It wasn't the big multinational conglomerate it became. And remember when they got Nike got caught with the with the making sweatshop stuff? That's predicted. That's in here. <laughs> it's like 25 years before it happened. Gold coins only. <laughs> so their fiat worthless money collapsed. So did you hear that? So this is a former governor of California, before Reagan was elected, by the way. And he's a Scientologist. So we have a Scientologist. More, He's guy's more of like a celebrity than, you know, really a, anybody that's qualified to be president. And, of course, he's a Scientologist. I mean, hints of Trump in there, you know? But that blew me away, the whole thing with the president being Scientologist now with, you know, or at least associated with, with the whole Trump thing. I mean, how could they have, you know what I mean? This, this stuff being predicted, I'm telling you, they predict this stuff years, decades in advance sometimes, and it's hard for people to wrap their minds around it. So that's number one. There's another one coming up when they get ready to do the Americathon, which is like a Jerry Lewis telethon where they're, trying to get the fucking citizens to give their gold up. Remember when they, back into the Depression, they rounded up all the gold and stuff? Well, instead, with this, they just make TV shows. Oh, hey, send, us, send the government your gold.
total moron. He's all like, you know, new age. He said he was like into TM and was just transcendental meditation. It was interesting because the, the Beach Boys had a song called TM because Mike Love and that band. And I, I, Mike Love is another fucking piece of work. Guy's a hardcore right wing Republican, but he's all into like meditation and Eastern stuff. Just he's total, he's a freak. Fucking Fred Willard. That's a pretty fly jumpsuit he's got on, though. I'd rock that look. Porta power, seventy five cents. <coughs> you had to put a coin in the fucking elevator. That's greatness. You see that? That was a Scientology reference. You see Fred Willard roll his eyes? We're clear. We have nothing on our mind. And Fred Willard rolls that. That was a Scientology reference.
Well, that's interesting because they used to always take pictures of uh, Bush and, and Obama and stuff. You'd always see pictures of them with the, that golden glow, kind of the halo behind them. National Indian Knitting Enterprises, Nike. None of them speak English. I mean, this is, well, look, this is long before Nike got caught running a sweatshop. Clearly, this is a sweatshop, as the Indian just said. See, they don't speak English. He said fire, and they don't understand him. I mean, you just, again, you can't sit here and think somebody could have accurately predicted that, especially with Nike at the time just being a small, up-and-coming company. They hadn't really hit, you know, mainstream big yet. So did you catch that? They're they're trying to figure out who's going to be the host for the Americathon. Well, you thought they would have just got Jerry Lewis or somebody, right? But who was their, they say their top pick was? Chuck Barris. Notice this is the government. This is, you know, like that's a reference to Chuck Barris and his CIA activities. He was the top on the list for the government when they're choosing who they're, who's going to be the host of the Americathon. And again, that could have been anybody there, but they specifically chose Chuck Barris and then that reference to the Schlong show. Uh, again, that reminds me of idiocracy. You know, out of my balls or ouch my balls or whatever. Where the dudes just hit each other in the nuts. That's the show everybody's watching. So, yeah, my judge had to have been influenced by this movie. Now, look at who they, they decided to get instead. Totally acceptable to the government. Look at this. 
a transgender TV star. I mean, <laughs> again, one right after the other here, folks. This all can't just be coincidence and just fiction that somebody made up off the top of their head. I mean, with the rise of, you know, uh, the, the number one show has a transgender star on it. Hmm. And notice that the government approves. Notice that Fred Willard said that. So again, the government is approving that, that you know, because they, they, they went through, they didn't want Chuck Barris, they didn't want anybody else, but the transgender star of the biggest show in America here. Oh, that government approves of that. Again, showing how that agenda has been pushed, you know, from the top down. I mean, that's, it, it goes, goes to show you folks, again, this movie's made it, it was shot in 1978, wasn't released until 1979, but again, you know, you're talking 39 years ago. There's stuff in here that, of course, isn't coming, didn't come true until now. But if you look at it, pretty much the same expanse of time between Operation Northwoods and 9-11 is almost the exact same amount of time between when this movie was made and now. You guys remember meat? And look who he's selling us out to. Fred Willis the rat trying to buy America out. Look who he's trying to get to sell it to. The Arabs and the Jews who have now formed an alliance together. I mean, this. <laughs> and they're the ones trying to take over America. Hmm. That could be that could be them trying to tell us something, huh? I'm your president, and I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Remember that from Idiocracy? I'm telling you. 
I think Mike Judge has never talked about this movie because he thought he was going to get away with ripping off stuff that he thought nobody would ever notice. Well, guess what, motherfucker? I noticed. <laughs> United Heat Random Number. So the Arabs and the Jews united because they all love white women. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> what a white woman at. Compile a list of people who aren't on a government blacklist. The only people not on a government blacklist are fucking ventriloquists. So that's another thing I guess they're trying to tell us too. In the future, government will basically be blacklisting entertainers. Doesn't surprise me they tried to do that. What, 10 years or so after this movie came out with Tipper Gore and all that stuff? Transgender star, reality TV star, and Biggest TV star in America on the cover of People magazine. Caitlyn Jenner much. You know, and so many people just chalk all this stuff up to coincidence and oh, they just got lucky and and the rest of it. But again, that tagline of, you know, see it in the theater before you see it in your front yard, that that's pretty clear. That's the thing with uh, idiocracy too, man. I actually didn't laugh at Idiocracy until the second time I watched it. I'm serious. I watched it all the way through the first time. I didn't laugh once. Not once. I actually had my, hand, my face plumbing myself. Because I felt like I already lived in that world. You know? Like, I felt like it was already here. And that was 11 years ago when that first came out. I saw that at the theater. Is Howard Hessman? Do you see them? Johnny Fever, Doctor Johnny Fever from WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk right here because this song is fucking horrible. Well, you know how those telephones are. I just think it's hilarious. Give us your gold, singing about fucking give us your gold and. I mean, because it's so right on. Think about that. You know they they. They wouldn't be able. They got. They did that once in this country, and you know went around and actually went around and rounded up and confiscated gold. They had gold confiscations going on. But if they tried to do that again, you know, there's no fucking way in hell, man. People are too armed to be weapons. So, you know, how would you combat that in a modern age? You would do exactly this. You would use the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal, which is TV, media, and Use it to manipulate the masses for government gain. So, you know, what's old is always new again, isn't it?
ridiculous. But not. I mean, this is the kind of shit these cocksuckers, you know, resort to in the TV mass media. Every time they, you know, there's a, you know, a tragedy on 9-11 or, you know, a Sumatran flood or whatever the fuck it may be. They have these telethons and they have stuff like Live Aid, you know, where none of the money fucking actually goes to anything. It goes to fund government other operations and destabilization operations in other countries to overthrow Democratic all the uh, rulers and presidents and stuff. I mean, it's... But what do they do? They whip up the public into thinking, you know, it's their patriotic duty and you have to do it to serve your country and everybody's got to sacrifice. But really, it's just to keep their own fucking ship afloat. Everything's all... It, it, gold. This totally reminded me of the Grammys this year where, you know, the whole gold theme at that... I've never heard, you know, I've never heard any other, I'm sure probably there has been somebody out there, but I've never heard any other researchers, anybody else ever talk about this movie. And um, knowing what I know now with that Scientology reference, that's probably why. It's a little too glaringly obvious there. Another thing you see, I can't remember what point it is. You'll see here in the movies, you'll see a sign. It says something like, remember, smoking is forbidden or something like that. Smoking has been outlawed. So that's another thing that I can't really predict it. What's even more ironic about that is, you know, you can't even have a TV show anymore where you have anybody smoke. And if you have, this is absolutely true, if you have smoking in a movie now, the movie automatically gets a rated R rating. <coughs> so you can have the most wholesome G-rated family movie in the world, but if you had one scene in it where like an adult of legal smoking age is smoking a cigarette, not even with a kid, just like maybe somewhere in the background, you know, smoking a cigarette, automatic R rating. It's just, it's just ridiculous. TVs and bathrooms. I mean, that's, you know.
There it is. Smoking is illegal. Hell, when this movie is made, you could still smoke everywhere. Even after when this movie, well after this movie was made. Everybody's, look, everybody's addicted to prescri- every kind of fucking prescription you can imagine. Just like now. This isn't like some crazy fucking Madonna Lady Gaga prototype type chick here. Is that Ben Kingsley? It looks like Ben Kingsley.
This shit is so fucking ridiculous. And probably seemed very ridiculous to people when this movie first came out, but I mean, yeah, you look at what we've been subjected to now. I mean, there's literally this shit this bad at the fucking Super Bowl halftime show these days. I mean, my God. <laughs> shit is just fucking hilarious. Like, I don't even get what her fucking accent, like, has to do with anything Chinese or Asian at all. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. That's what's hilarious about it.
Oh, here we go. Here's the meatloaf part. This just totally reminds me of that idiocracy part. You know, same similar, they're in the ring and bread and circus and stuff. I mean, really, I seriously think my judge had to have been very influenced by this movie. <laughs> Shit, I love that. <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. This is one of the funniest parts to me. Man versus car. Of course, that starts blowing shit up. <laughs> Ventriloquists weren't doing it for him, but now put a fat dude and have him fight a car, and boy, yeah, see, that's what Americans want. Bread and circus is bad. Crazier the better. I thought it was kind of silly, though, that you'd have Meatloaf in a movie and not have him do something musically as a part of the Americathon. That just seemed like a ridiculous oversight. I mean, this is hilarious. I mean, fucking destroy the car and fucking pour the fucking oil over him like he's a fucking madman. That's hilarious. But yeah, it just seems odd that you would have, you know, something with all the song and dance routines on it and have somebody that could sing like Meatloaf on set and not, that just seems like that was a mistake. Well, you got, I, I, it's kind of funny, you've always got somebody, you know, in the upper echelons of government that's either selling us out to the Arabs or the Jews, and in this movie, just said, ah, oh, fuck it, our guy's going to be selling us, out, selling us out to both of them simultaneously, because they've banded together, that's just hilarious. Probably not far from the truth, I mean, you really get, get down to it, I mean, we'll look at something like 9-11, all the alleged... You know, if you believe the official story, all the alleged hijackers or whatever, I mean, they all came from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, where where did we go attack? Not Saudi Arabia. So, and of course, you know, all the uh, Mossad connections and connections to Israel, the rest of it. So, yeah, it's, I don't think it's very far off. Sovereign wipes. It's sovereign of the buns. Limey land. <laughs> that is disco. 
God, this is pretty early on. Oh, Elvis Costello, I don't think I think his career was just starting when this was made. I was never a fan of his, but I still think it's funny that he's in this movie. <laughs> San Diego is now Tijuana Heights. Anybody from uh, San Diego will tell you that's uh, not far off from the truth now, is it? The guy that made this movie, kind of funny, his last name's Israel. Neil Israel. Uh, this guy went on to do a lot of stuff. Bachelor Party, remember that movie? He directed that. I want to say he did Police Academy, too. I had something to do with the original, the first one, the Police Academy. That's the best one.
he's kind of got shades of Reagan and he's got shades of Bill Clinton. He's got shades of Bush. He's got shades of Obama. He's got shades of Trump. I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, he's, you know, he's got his dumb ditzy woman or wife or whatever, but here he is on to getting you know, on with pop stars. Just the fact that, you know, you had a president in 1978 when this was made for them to, you know, have the president be a Scientologist. You know, that's very far ahead of its time. People weren't really, uh, I mean, it wasn't really, it, people knew about Scientology back then, but what I'm saying is it wasn't really in the, in the popular culture enough for anyone to even get, at the time, a joke about Scientology or, you know, I mean, that's, that to me is just total proof of them, again, using this predictive programming and fictionalizing the truth so the truth seems like fiction, as I call it. You know, same thing with The Simpsons. I mean, look at all the stuff in The Simpsons. The Simpsons predicted. I actually had a listener a few months ago, last year, tell me that he didn't agree that The Simpsons predicted stuff. And then, of course, after he made that statement, you know, they predicted Trump. I mean, stuff came out that they predicted Trump would be president. Lady Gaga flying in through the roof of the Super Bowl like two or three years ago. They predicted that. On 9-11, on and on and on. But again, none of this stuff is it's, it's there. And it's put in there. And again, this is the way that they sort of subtly try to say, look, well, see, we warned you. We told you this was coming. So we didn't actually, you know, we didn't lie about it or hide about it. It's not our fault. You're not smart enough to see it. So the government at this point can't, can't produce any more worthless paper money so what do they do well just milk the milk the uh general public get them to prey on their well they did that after after 9-11 and so many millions and hundreds of millions of dollars and people donated to the red cross hundreds of millions of dollars it never went to victims families never went to anybody you know people don't i mean donate so much money to, to, towards 9-11 charities and still there are people who were affected by 9-11 who can't get treatment and money, and it's just ridiculous, the hundreds of millions of dollars they made. I mean, God, it's just, it's sickening. But again, they prey on that phony patriotism, and they prey on that. It's, you know, it's hilarious. You see that? The only place they make these parts for the power grid is is China. Now, back then, a lot of stuff was mostly made, you know, any, any place you, you saw anything. China, actually, back then, actually made good quality goods, and Japan was where all the crap is made. Now it's been switched. Now it's Japan makes good quality stuff, and China's where all the crap is made. But again, that's predictive programming right there, because back then, you know, we hadn't got to the cheap Chinese-made crap yet, but here it is. I mean, my God. This is, you know, again, you laugh at this, but how much ridiculous fucking 
flag waving horse shit. We especially had those, you know, stuff after nine eleven where you got fucking. I mean, if I ever have to, I swear to God, if I ever have to fucking hear Lee Greenwood saying "God bless the USA" again, I'm gonna blow my fucking brains out or blow his brains out. Jesus Christ! I remember hearing that shit when I was a kid and wanting to vomit. That fucking bullshit, phony flag wave. You know, it's not until you see propaganda footage and you can see this stuff, you know, from like the 60s, 70s, 80s. You can see this stuff on YouTube now. Propaganda footage that's come out of like, you know, Cold War era, Russia and China. And stuff. I mean, you see this stuff and you're like, oh my God, this is sick, twisted, fucking, you know, state-sponsored brainwashing stuff. But then... After that subsides, you realize, oh, my God, we've been subjected to the same kind of stuff, but because we're just so jaded to it and used to it, all this, you know, phony patriotism crap that's really just designed to further manipulate people emotionally towards the benefit of the elite. There's Tommy Lasorda. And this is kind of ahead of its time, too. You remember they have all those celebrity boxing matches and stuff that came over Danny Bonaducci had the fight with somebody and they're doing all that. It's kind of, and so here's uh you know, mom versus son. Look who it is, Jay Leno. He beats the shit out of his mom. Poopy butt. This is pretty funny too, actually. I don't even think the people that made this movie could have predicted that one day Jay Leno would be the fucking host of The Tonight Show. God. Never liked that guy either. You know, actually his stand-up back in the day was really funny, but I never liked him as the host of The Tonight Show. They should have buried that show after Carson died because it's done nothing but continually go downhill. I don't know who whose dick Jimmy Fallon sucked, but that dude is just not funny to me. But, you know, I imagine there were probably people that were at, at the time watching this who were informed about stuff that was going on and were probably thinking the same thing I was thinking when I saw Idiocracy for the first time, which is, you know, they were already, feel like they already lived, lived in this world or that it was at least coming, you know. Ooh. That was a fucking sweet move by mom right there. Did you see that? She got a mean fucking left hook on her. Oh, he, Leno's about to come back and whoop that ass again. Fucking chin. That's all you got to do to take Leno down. Just hit him in that fucking chin. He's a downer. He's a goner. Oh, there. Did you see that? She gave him the left to the gut and then the right to the fucking massive chin of his. Oh, but he just rocked mom's jaw. Oh, but he fucked her up. Rocked that bitch's jaw. She's shaking it off. Now she's trying to manipulate him. Oh, right in the motherfucking plums. Right in the fucking plums. That's some, that's some cold shit, Mom. God damn. That's some cold shit right there. You kicked in the nads by your own mom. Fuck. Hope you didn't want grandkids, Mom.
<laughs> praise the Jews, praise the Arabs. That dude looks just like Ben Kingsley, but he's just not listed on the credits. But there's a few people in this movie, actually, that aren't listed on the credits either. Very well could be him. I don't know. It looks just like him, though. Would have been prior to being Gandhi, wasn't it? Yeah, 78, 79. I don't think that movie counts to like 83 or 82. God, she's like a cross between Yoko Ono and fucking PJ Harvey. Ugh, what a nightmare that would be. Can you imagine? Maybe with a little bit of Bjork thrown in there. Bjork's a crazy, she's crazy as a shithouse rat, too. You ever see that video of the Bjork? She beats the shit out of that fucking person. Fucking psycho. What the fuck? How could you be turned on by that? Oh, she kicked the air over the nads, though. I mean, fuck. I guess you can't argue. Dude, she's a maniac. Look at this shit. Talk about presidential protection. Where's the Secret Service at? He had to unleash the fucking stripy pants chick on him. Fucking presidential waterbed. Look at that shit. I saw that shit moving. Well, that was another thing this, the Simpsons predicted. Speaking, I was talking to make the, the uh, association with this guy and the transgender thing earlier with Caitlyn Jenner. That was another thing they predicted there. Who could have predicted that? But, yeah, that was another thing on the Simpsons. But I had this listener a few months ago try to tell me, oh, no, the Simpsons didn't predict anything, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, okay. How could they have in a million years predicted not only that Trump would be president but also have predicted that Bruce Jenner would have became a woman. I mean, nobody saw that coming. But, of course, all this stuff, again, planned out years in advance. And, again, that's tough for people to wrap their minds around, but there's so many examples of it. I mean, um, you know, I always bring up the example I always bring up to people is uh, stuff like, you know, the testimony of Kathy O'Brien talking about you know, as early as like 1983, the plan to put Clinton in office was already there. And that, when you look at stuff, that makes total sense. I mean, Hillary was recruited right out of uh, college into the CIA. She's always had CIA security clearance. Um, you, you know, Michelle Obama, look at her, CFR member. You're probably going to see her 
run and be president at some point, and Barack will be back in there. That's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. And I think that's the other overlooked thing going on right now with uh, the whole, you know, scandal or stuff about Russia with Trump and whatnot. I mean, you know, one thing I never hear him bring up is is the fact that, I mean, he's got he's got, he's got a wife. Why don't everybody bring up the wife and kids connection thing? The Russian women spies in America is a real thing and has been for a long time. It's very overlooked. Russia uses super hot women as spies and double agents because they are very unassuming. Now, I'm not going to sit here and make the accusation and say that I think 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that Milena and Ivanka Trump are double agents for Russia. But, I mean, there were some that were busted just a few years ago here in da- the Dallas area. These were like, I mean, I couldn't believe it, like the suburbs, Plano. It was all in the news. I mean, smoking hot chicks, dude, with these bikini pics on Facebook and all this stuff. They <laughs> flat fucking got caught being uh, Russian spies. I, 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 had a, I knew a guy a few years ago that was dating this Russian chick, and, and uh, he told me that she was like the secret... Um, like the secret daughter of Vladimir Putin, like nobody knows that, that that's Vladimir Putin's really her her dad, and and she has this handler that follows him around everywhere, and he had to sign all these all these papers. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, they're giving Ivanka Trump that. I mean, she's got a cabinet position. They're giving her an office. She's working in the White House, but has <coughs> no official job description or. Nobody actually really knows what she's doing, but yet she's been given her own offices. She's working in the... I mean, it's, it, that's strange. Hell yeah, why not? You know, yeah, go get you some from the president's woman. Obviously, he's preoccupied with the other crazy bitch. <coughs> yeah, that sucks, though. Trying to get your groove on in a car? Nah. Car sex is dirty. Now, roadhead, that's that's different. We're trying to do it in a car, it's just not comfortable. I mean, there's just so many other places, better places you could do it than in a car. But I guess when everybody lives in cars, 
no choice. But man, yeah, you can't can't get in the right position. It just it sucks. I think that's what why why the baby boom happened. I don't think it had anything to do with World War II. I had to think it had everything to do with the fact that the fucking cars that you drove back then were those big old fucking boats. Had a fucking back seat in them the size of a fucking full-size couch, man. It was like as wide as a king-size bed, big-ass fucking back seats. As the cars got smaller, man, you know. Maybe that's part of the population because let's make them all small cars. That way nobody can fuck in the back of them. Well, they did away with drive-ins, too, boy. Back in the day of drive-in movies and those big old banana boat cars, the big wide backseat, shit. Motherfuckers going stabbing and jabbing in the motherfucking movie theater at the fucking drive-in. Skateboard to hold across until he died today until he got $32. Yeah, that's fucked up. Just threw his ass on the stage. Maricone, Maricone. <laughs> faggot, faggot. <laughs> what a fucking shit show. Dude had pink boxer shorts on. And he's kissing that fucking Mexican dude.
<laughs> I wonder what he's on now. <laughs> Oh, there you go. That's what he wanted, right? Wanted somebody to fucking get shot on live TV, get murder. Nothing get nothing get the ratings up higher than that. Which I think is funny that they had that as part of the uh, plot for this because George Carlin actually had that as part of his routine for years, you know. And then later Bill Hicks used it. And I still think we'll probably see that eventually. Live executions. Line them up. Take them and line them up. Now, I have a feeling that will be... I mean, because eventually people have, you know, people have already seen it all and nothing shocks anybody anymore, so... And then watch how much money starts pouring into this, you know. People think somebody died. Well, fuck, let's 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 pour the money in. He got shot in the shoulder. He got a bandage on. Come on.
<laughs> Typical. Better cars and gardens. Notice how the transgender guy, he said he now he's the host of The Tonight Show. Found that highly interesting, you know, again, with Jay Leno being, later being the host. But that's it. That's the movie. It's a really short movie. And, you know, not the greatest movie ever made by any stretch of the imagination, but just another great example of, how far ahead that they predict this stuff and, and how nothing is a coincidence, you know. If you still believe in coincidences at this stage in the game, man, there's just nothing is coincidence. All right, well, that concludes another episode, episode number two of Josh Watches. Our film has been Americathon, and we'll see you back here next time for another film. Take care.